It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm joined by Sunday Mail Scott McDermott and PA Sports Andy Newport to look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On the pod today, we discuss the Europa League draw and what Rangers can expect with progress Niedercorn potentially back in the firing line. We take a closer look at that Steve Gerrard link with Derby and we delve back through the transfer window for all the latest from Ibrox. Guys, let's start with that Europa League draw. I've just flown straight back in for a neon. And, um, well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Yesterday, the, um, I wasn't really in neon, by the way. <laughs> you can work that out for yourself. But um, yesterday, they drew Pristina or St. Joseph's in the first qualifying round. Now, should there be any preference there, Scott? Well, I'm sure the preference would be to go to Gibraltar uh, and, play, and play them, but... No, you would expect the Kosovan side, I think, to to progress for that round. Obviously, no, don't know anything about them. It's difficult to difficult to comment. But no, what we do know is the obviously the Kosovan national team uh, who have only been in UEFA uh, for a couple of years now. They are no progressing pretty pretty rapidly, and have got some decent players. Granted. Um, I think there's very few, if any, uh, of this uh, of the course of a national team who play uh, in their in their league. Um, so, listen, you would still whoever Rangers get, you would expect them to, to sail through that first qualifying round. But I'm sure if they had a preference, they would rather rather face the the Gibraltar team. I think the only question mark would be Gibraltar. I think they've only got at one stadium there. Yeah. There's such a tiny sort of outpost, and I think yep. they all get played in. With the national team playing, it's a, it's it's a plastic, plastic pitch, yeah, so that might yeah. be the only thing that comes into it. But obviously, Rangers uh, plenty of experience playing in these type of surfaces uh, back back home. Yeah, Andy, uh, we'd, we'd gone into this previously on a, an episode that you weren't on, but I think we all agreed that the Europa League would really have to take a, a play second fiddle to the, the Premiership challenge for Rangers this season. But is that possible going into these type of games? I mean. When you're faced with such a, a potentially disastrous result, if you don't get through, and as you get closer and closer to the, the, the group stage, is it possible to actually play second fiddle? No, I mean, I think I think they'll take it seriously, but the big conundrum will be the closer they get to the group stages, if, if they, of course they do make it that yeah. far, because you saw... Once they were <coughs> in the group stages, that's when it started to really tax them last year, the, the sort of... The, the, the strain of playing Thursday, Sunday, week in, week out, um, especially, you know, a lot of the guys who'd been their first experience of playing in Europe, they just weren't used to that that loading, um, especially the this intensity of it as well. There were all sort of high-pressure pressure matches and then you're having to play big, important league games at the weekend, all the way we try to keep uh, track with Celtic. So it'll be something they'll have to decide upon. I fully expect that they'll all give it... Uh, 
they'll full go and try and get into the group stages just because I think the finances of it um, are crucial to where the club is at the moment. Um, but the, I think that'll be something that Gerard perhaps looks at a wee bit closer. I mean, he did at times sort of rotate the squad and try his best to, to milk his, uh, to squeeze as much out of the, the, the team as possible. But um, it's something that he will have to look at the closer they get to, to that sort of group stage. I, th- I think the first two rounds, Fraser, it's you know, as much about mental fitness, if you like, you know, uh, as it is about physical fitness. Remember when Rangers lost to progress, obviously it was a disastrous uh, a disastrous result for them. Uh, I remember speaking to a few people, I think Brendan Rodgers was actually one of them at a, at after a Celtic press conference and he was talking about it. I mean, Rangers and Celtic, at that stage, the competition should have far too much for these teams that they're coming up against. And I know, no people say it's hard. Scottish clubs go into it so early now; they've no started pre-season. But there should be a base physical fitness there to get you through these games. I think it comes down to mentality, and the, the progress um, tie was the prime example of that. I thought you no know, Rangers forget kind of how they played or how fit they were the start of the season or there was players coming in and out the mentality over there particularly was, was terrible I mean they should have had uh, more than enough to see that game out I think we all know now looking back that that, that team and you know, a lot of those players did lack that, that mentality to see games like that out and I don't think you'll be able to label that at, at Gerrard's current team so I think the first two rounds they should get through comfortably as long as that mentality is right irrespective of how far into pre-season as Andy says we get the third round and then kind of playoff ties and it's then about getting to the group stages that's when no, no there will be a dilemma because as we've spoke about they'll get into every game wanting to win it and expecting to win it but it'll only be then you start to weigh up, you know, what what is what is qualification going to do for the for the kind of early league campaign? That that's when it will really come into focus. I suppose as well. I think considers as much as you know, Rangers made it the group stages last year. There's no guarantee that they'll do it again this year. I mean, you actually look back the draw that they got all the way through in yeah. terms of the qualifiers was, was pretty favourable last year. But I mean, you even look at today's draw. You've got Wolves get in there. You've got I think, Roma get in there as yeah. well. Third round, if they make it that far, you'll get teams coming in again from the, the Champions League qualifying routes that, that, that miss out. So, I mean, it could be that they just end up getting unlucky this time and get a tough draw and the sort of decisions made for them in that so sense. It was, a, it was a start last season, sure, when they did it. No, I mean, it was remarkable. One of the then, first teams that's ever aye, made it. There, there was like, ah, there'd, there'd, only, there'd only been two teams that made it. In the history of the Europa League, you know, getting through the first qualifying round to a group stage, I think Rosenberg were one and, and there was another team. So, I mean, it was pretty miraculous for them to get through those four rounds last season. For them to do it again, no, would be incredible. It's, no, they can do it and, and Gerard will feel they, they can do it, especially after doing it a year ago. But, no, it's, as Andy says, it's going to be really difficult. So, I mean, if, if they don't make it, no, if they get to the third qualifier or the the playoff, and no, they just come up come up short, especially if it's one of the kind of bigger bigger names, then no, it would be a blow to the club, no, especially financially. But um, I think they would just need to kind of lick their wounds and, and accept it because ultimately, as you as you alluded to, 
the goal for them is to go and win the league and be in Champions League qualifiers. That's where they want to they want to get to. Uh, so getting to those qualifiers, they need to go and they need to go and win a title, and that's why we've said that that has to be a priority this season. It's opening up again. Though. I mean, there's the first two rounds drawn four teams, and I mean, if if they do get beyond Pristina or St Joseph's, they're then faced with, and I think every Rangers fan would want this, the chance to shoot down Progress, Niedercorm or a group of Welsh students and <laughs> forgive me I can't even remember what unit is it Cardiff <laughs> Met Uni yeah be lucky if they turn up sober for the match <laughs> pardon the cliche but well Progress will beat them and then they play we? they play Cork don't they Cork yeah. City Cork, Cork sorry Progress, aye so that's as well potentially aye aye it's Rangers haven't been there since 84 is that mean, Ireland 84 was the last aye. time they played aye. Ireland Shelbourne Tramier was 99 so yeah. I mean if, you know, if the game goes Goes ahead in Ireland. I mean, expect that would things have calmed down obviously a wee yeah. bit since the sort of bad I, days of the eighties. But I still think I don't know much about Cork City, but I would still expect progress to get through. Do you those, think so? Yeah, those ties. I think so. I mean, I looked through the squad. Graham Cummins is only sort of name. He used to play yeah, for St Johnson. He was the only one that. Was I mean, progress actually did reasonably well once they beat Rangers in the in that Europa League and. Again, some of us are saying about the Kosovans, the, the Luxembourg national team seems to be improving uh, all the time as well. So I still think progress will get through the two ties. So Rangers no, will probably end up playing playing progress in that mm-hmm. second qualifying round. And that will be no, an ideal opportunity to go and, go and get revenge and, and put that to bed once and for all. They came close to play, playing them last year, they didn't they? Did, because uh, it was, was a late goal against Ufa uh, in the, the third qualifying round. So, yeah. I mean, that shows you that... I mean, and Ufa gave Rangers obviously a, a couple of troubles, so it shows you that uh, progress in Luxembourg football is not yep. quite as, as bad as it made out. Obviously, everybody was really surprised by that result two years ago, but you know, I think they are, they've managed to sort of perform consistently over the last few years at this sort of end of the, the sort of the spectrum in European football. No, no, no easy games in Europe. <laughs> no, <laughs> somebody's already used that cliche. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> Take that one off. <laughs> Rangers in progress are destined to continue following each other. Maybe we should just uh, twin the two cities together. <laughs> Glad we're near the corner. Right, let's move on. The big, the big headline this week so far regarding Rangers was obviously the bombshell news. came out of nowhere that apparently Darby had approached and been rejected by Stephen Gerrard to replace Frank Lampard should his old Premier League rival make the move as expected to Chelsea? This came out of nowhere, certainly for myself, but it's from a kind of respected journalist down south, Scott. I mean, what kind of weight do you put behind this? Do you, do you believe there is a certain amount of truth in it? Uh, I do. Um, it it doesn't surprise me, Fraser, that, that Derby, you know, if they are looking at contingency plans, because it, it seems to me that Frank Lampard almost certainly go to Chelsea uh, now that Sarri's away he must be their, must be one of their, their main targets um, and that kind of no, if he's asked the question that emotional pull to get back to Stamford Bridge would tell me no that he would definitely he would definitely go despite especially no, with the, the transfer embargo I mean yeah, I that, imagine that a lot of guys will be put off by that but somebody who's got those emotional they're, they're going to need Chelsea are going to need young players to start coming through something that's never happened no, he's got Jody Morris there who worked in the Chelsea youth set up before going to Derby so it seems like a match made in heaven at this particular time so if you're Derby no, and you've, you're looking at the the relative success that Lampard had in his first season. No, albeit they wanted to get up to the the Premier League, uh, and they 
know, they got close getting to the getting to the playoff final. <clears throat> it doesn't surprise me that they've looked at Gerard as a similar type of character, no big name, big personality, um, who again, no like Jar- uh, like Lampard did reasonably well at Rangers for his first job in, in management last season. So I'm not surprised that they've made some kind of approach. Well, you know, Rangers were unequivocal in saying yeah, I mean, it had been not. Yeah. It might not. It comes down to semantics, doesn't yeah, it? I mean, exactly. it might not have you been made to the made to the club, but I mean, we all know there's ways. Of, you know, if you want to approach somebody or sound them out about a, about a job, it can happen. Which ain't right, but it happens. Yeah, and Rangers should be delighted with that. I mean, for them, for for anybody to come in and try and get your manager, um, and for the manager to kind of. No, flatly reject it. Rangers should be quite happy and quite, no, quite proud of that. Absolutely. That fact. Um, you just have to look across what happened across the other side of the city, and that when Premier League teams come calling for your manager, yep. generally speaking, it's it's very hard to turn down. Obviously, Derby uh, missed out in the Premier League this year, but and they've obviously got ambitions to get back there. But you know, if if a club from down south, forget Liverpool, you know, there's no question what will happen there if, if Liverpool come calling one day but if, if one of the big teams from uh, the Premier League come calling for Steven Gerrard he'll be gone because it's just one he's English that's where I suppose he sees his future and just the finances on offer just mean that um, basically that it's, it's a no-brainer so yeah he's committed for now and I think he'll f- still feel this is a, a good place to sort of do the bedding in part of his career and make his mistakes essentially and he, you know, he did make mistakes last year but I think you'll see that this year coming will be another chance for the show how he can improve but you know if, if somebody if a Premier League club that's in reasonable shape comes calling for Steven Gerrard then I, th- I think he'll be he'll be gone at yeah, some stage that for me is crucial because Gerrard as he says I think he is the type of character that will learn from his mistakes and will become a better manager next season so I th- Rangers fans are going to have to get used to this for me such a big name in England. Yep. Every time a club possibly at that level, Derby, maybe bottom of the Premier League, are looking for a new manager, and let's be honest, it happens every month down there, they should maybe expect his name's going to keep cropping up next season. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then something's going wrong at Ibrox. Mm. So. But he's only going to... Uh, he has a big name, obviously, Fraser, but he's only going to get linked with clubs <clears throat> if he achieves success at Rangers. And he doesn't strike me as a guy... Gerald, who would want to walk away from something a year in, having, no, let's be honest, no achieved anything yet. Um, no, we, we know there's been, been progress made on and off the pitch, but no, he wants trophies, he wants to get Rangers back to you know, the top of Scottish football. That was his aim when he came in on a three-year contract. Stephen Gerrard, I don't think, is the type of guy who would walk away from that you know, to a club like Derby. Or, I, I think even now, if it was like a a kind of bottom, no, well, kind of bottom half Premier League club came in even at that level. No, I think he would still be reluctant a year in to the job at Rangers because I, I just get the feeling he wants to. He feels as if he's on the verge of doing something special at Ibrox. Um, and if he did that, he'll obviously be in a far better position. And you're right. No, whether it's Derby <coughs> or whoever, no bigger clubs than that. Would be would be looking at him either in the Championship or the or the Premier League. So as I say, it didn't surprise me that Derby uh, made some kind of approach or at least thought about him in terms of replacing uh, Lampard. But 
for the same tone, it, it didn't surprise me at all that at this stage, in his kind of development, as you like, as a coach, that it wouldn't really interest Gerard because I think he feels he's got a he's got a job to do at Rangers and he's only he's only halfway through. It's, it's a big twelve months for Rangers with everything that's at stake this year, but yeah. it's also a big twelve months for him. And you know, if he if he can start proving to people. Uh, down south that he's the real deal then more and more people will, will start taking interest and in, you know the merry-go-round happens pretty regularly down there once guys start getting uh, fired and, and sacked then his name will crop up more and more that's it I don't did either he's here Mark Warburton in talk sport this morning he was only on mm-hmm. for 50 seconds or so but, but, but he made the point that he's continually made that this next season is Rangers season he feels the momentum has swung to Ibrox and for that reason as you have alluded to, that's why Stephen Gerrard won't be coaxed south of the border easily. Um, Celtic, think Celtic fans would say that Brendan Rodgers was here for 10 in a row and he left. So if Stephen Gerrard was to come in, I know we're a full season away from it, and manage to stop nine in a row, just just how great would that rank and all the, manage, the managerial achievements at Ranger? Well, put him right up there, surely. Ah, of course, I mean, he would go down in history in a kind of similar way that no, Vim Janssen's in, in Celtic's history for stopping, no, stopping Rangers do 10. Um, I mean, he'd far more experience than Gerard, but he was, no, he was still unknown to many Celtic fans, and no, back, back at that, at that time, people were questioning that appointment, uh, in a similar way to people, <coughs> were probably questioning Stephen Gerrard's appointment, I think we all, we all were, in terms of him being a, no, a rookie manager coming for the under-18s at, at Liverpool, um, and as we say, he's still got a he's still got a job to do. But of course, if he goes and wins uh, wins this title, and he's second year as manager, no stop Celtic doing nine in a row. Uh, I mean, he's already revered among the Rangers fans now, and he's no he's not even won anything. But that would just take his uh, no take his status kind of through the roof. Andy, just final point on that. Just. Do you expect any movement back from, from from south of the border towards Gerard? I think, I mean, probably not this summer. I think they'll maybe wait until we uh, see what happens sort of midway through the year. But, you know, if, if it looks like he's got Rangers on target to for a, an Arteta challenge, that could be a worry for Rangers if you, know, you saw what happened last season with Brendan Rodgers going away um February when they get lured down to, yep. to Leicester, as much as they they held on to uh, complete the, the triple treble, um, it did have a destabilising effect. Performances weren't quite uh, what the Celtic fans were hoping for, so that would be a concern for Rangers if if it looks like they're in a title race. And you know, as, as I say, it's such a big year for them. Nobody wants to. Everyone knows what is at stake. Um, if stopping Celtic getting to, to nine and obviously ten. Um, but if somebody was to come in and sort of lure, try to poach my way in the middle of the season, that could be quite a worry if, uh, if that does be but the way that it transpires. The other thing to remember, Fraser, is that I mean, you need to achieve a lot <coughs> as a manager in Scotland, whoever you are, for a big club down south to come in for you. you know, you think you think you Neil Lennon winning titles at Celtic, <coughs> beating Barcelona in the Champions League. And he's got a profile in English football and played in the, the, the Premier League for many years, and yet we keep going back to it. You no, know, the best that he, he could get when he left Celtic was was Bolton Wanderers, who so turned into a, a, a bit a, a, a basket case. Was there's an Alec Neil making the move down to was it Norwich? He went straight to for, for Hamilton. Yeah, in the Championship. Yeah, 
No, I mean, I'm talking about big Premier League. It's just I mean, Steven Gerrard's stature, his name, I think. Of course that it is, but, but, he still, but he still has to. No, if clubs want to go purely in profile and status, then fair enough, somebody, somebody might come in from. I, I would say it wouldn't be one of the big, well, certainly top six, top, top eight. Um, if he's going to get one of those big jobs, if you kind of take Liverpool out of the equation, because that could come down to emotion and fan no pressure and everything. If Klopp was to go, then no whatever Gerard did at Ibrox, the Liverpool fans would want him, would want him back as manager. But for a, a real big club to come in for a manager in Scotland, then they're going to need to achieve proper success. So Gerard, uh, I think if you're talking about no real big clubs coming in from then he's going to need to win a title, trophies, no do well in Europe. Um, that's what it would take, I think, for, for some of them to come in from. Yeah, the, pre- the Premier League's the NBA or management yeah, now, isn't it? I mean, you only get there if you're absolutely top top class. So yeah. if, if a club down there is going to want him, they're going to want to see you know evidence that he's, yeah. he's a successful manager. So, you know, as, as Scott says, Liverpool aside, uh, the other clubs will want to see something. But I think if, if they do come in from it, it'll be hard for them to resist. Listen, Bre- Brendan, Brendan Rodgers... Had a terrific reputation in England, almost won the Premier League. He comes up here, effectively wins a treble, treble. I mean, literally couldn't do any more. And even then, with all due respect to Leicester, and I think Leicester's a, a great job for him to get. No, that's who's coming in from Leicester City. It's no, it's no Spurs or Man City or, or Chelsea. No, he'll need to go to Leicester now and almost use them as a stepping stone to get back to that level. That's how difficult it is to impress no Premier League people while you're working in, in Scotland. Nah, sure. Enough about Derby anyway. Ram that. <laughs> the <pun>. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all agreed Stephen Gerrard's here for this season in a bid to stop nine in a row, right? And speaking of which, is certainly bleating on with the, the transfer the transfers at Ibrox right now number five arrived through the door yesterday Shea Ojo as expected on loan for Liverpool and it appears Joe Aribo could be next for Charlton I think Aribo's meeting Lee Boyer today to basically say thanks but no thanks cheerio having helped Charlton back into the championship seems to be quite an attack minded midfielder um, powerful big guy I think he scored ten times last season yep um, and for as little as two hundred and fifty thousand compensation as well, it sounds like a win-win for Rangers. That one, do you agree? If they can get them, I mean, it's it, it looks likely now. <clears throat> it actually reminds you a wee bit of the uh, of the Moussa Dembele signing. No Celtic getting them for Fulham, albeit I'd suggest Dembele was maybe a level up. No playing the championship with Fulham at that time, but to get that. No, to get a player of that calibre who's so highly rated for a no cross border compensation fee when clearly there's other clubs uh, been interested in Aribo and, and have tried to get him then I think Gerard will see that as a bit of a, a bit of a coup. Uh, well certainly speaking of it, I think Villa Villa, Derby and Southampton were three of the, the higher end the yeah. clubs I saw linked to him and Celtic loosely as well. Yeah. So, so if that if that's the level then Rangers will be doing will be doing really well. I've done really well to, to persuade them. It looks as if I've persuaded them to persuaded them to come. Uh, and certainly in terms of the squad, no good age, good profile, and no that could be that attacking midfielder that we've spoke about aye, so much on aye. here. Uh, no, the way Rangers set up 
obviously, uh, no, we keep saying it, it's no actually we are number 10, but no, we've got two attacking midfielders and Aribo looks like that's his, no, that, that'll be his best position. So I think if Rangers get him, no, given the players that they've already that they've already signed, if they could get maybe no, maybe one more in the striking department, obviously it depends on what happens with no Lafferty and, and Morelos in, in particular, but that would pretty much when you can no, when you look at Jake Hasty, Greg Stewart, uh Shiojo, that would pretty much be them sorted, I think, at the top end of the pitch. It would only be maybe defensively that they would look to, to strengthen further as the as the window goes on. So if if Aribo signs, which it looks it looks as if he as if he will, then um I'm sure Gerard will be delighted with it. Any inside track in this one, Andy? Just one you expect to Yeah, to I just think everything well, much like Scott, everything I'm hearing is that it's it's not quite there yet. Uh I think obviously the, the talks with Boyer, obviously Boyer was Halfway out the door at Charlton, yeah, he's gone back in. So, uh, so just I suppose the, the only concern may be that if he's signed up again, that he gives one last push at, at persuading uh, Aribo to to stay. Um, but as I say, everything we're hearing from the club is that they're, they're confident that they're still at the head of the queue. Obviously, there's um, like Sir George Edmondson uh, deal six hundred grand. I think that's that's been in for him. So, so what's happening there? That's still on the table. Yeah, as far as as far as we know, it's it's. Seems um, like still, yeah, I think the players are being holiday as well. So I don't know if that sort of um, plays into it. Yeah, so Peterborough. <laughs> 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 so we're joking about the Peterborough thing, but I mean, it does seem to be. You no, know, going with Dara McCantney's comments last week and everything you hear now the problem seems to be with Oldham like the Oldham owner no, doesn't seem to be great to work with no. yeah I mean g- getting deals over the line you know, seems to, to be a difficult certain arrangement with Sports Direct as well and like actually, right? I, think, I think there might be involvement there along that so I wonder if that yeah I mean it just strikes you as a guy again going with McAntony's comments it was clearly clearly upped by, by what happened last week yeah, with regards to Peterborough but it's it's almost like the <coughs> the Oldham owner sees a couple of clubs coming in, you no know, five hundred thousand bid, then he gets ports with six hundred thousand Rangers match at six hundred thousand no, is he now thinking well, I can maybe just hold it for seven fifty if, if you look at the tweets he's, it's as if he's actually gone back and saying No, actually if you want now you need to beat the bids that we've had from elsewhere, as if yeah. you try to play them off against each other, which are a bit, a bit naughty. I mean, yeah, it doesn't look bad. like it's, it's something that's the that, that it's seems to be the hold thing. up. But Rangers, certainly, for Rangers' point of view, they believe that no, the boy wants to Aye. wants Aye. to go I to Rangers. Not visit the train centre shows yeah. that there's a, certainly a, a keenness there. So, um, you know, if they can get that over the line again, that's another sort of. Uh, vacancy filled defensive rounds. I think they would obviously losing Macaulay. And then obviously Joe Worrell going back down south. There's, there's definitely Gerard spoke often enough at the beginning of last season how he wanted to have four centre halves just to give them that that backup. And especially as we're discussing earlier, if you're playing in Europe, then you'll rotate. Um, and I think you, you know, obviously you look at the way that uh, Macaulay, you know, just given his age, he couldn't play. Uh, we can week out. Um, in some surfaces, he struggles with that transition to grass to, to plastic back to grass, and so I think you'll be looking to have somebody that can uh, come in and I know he wants Edmondson for that that youthful somebody that he can develop, but he also wants an experienced centre half yeah. to come in. But I think I want somebody that can contribute a wee bit more than, than Macaulay was able to yeah. at the, the end of last last Ka- season. Katic is obviously the under twenty one Euros as well, so he's not going to get much. Yeah. 
get much of a break, no, to then throw him into throw him into the Europa League qualifiers. So I think Andy's right. I think ultimately they'll get Edmondson, but I think he'll want another another centre back coming in uh, with a bit of experience before the season starts. Just looking through the pictures of them returning to pre season this week, I mean the thing that struck me the most was actually just like the amount of deadwood that still would be cleared out. I mean, seen pictures of like Jason Holt doing yeah, doing yeah. sprints. I mean, there was a there was a shot of the the goalkeepers working. There was five of them. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, and yeah. you're like, well, so there's probably two or three of them that either need to go or I think obviously whether you th- you could put Robbie McCrory out and, and loan again. And it, I mean, there's there's work to be done in terms of just getting guys off the wage bill and perhaps then if you can do that, if you can get enough of them out. Um, out the door, then maybe that opens up a wee bit more cash to go and add in a wee bit more sort of strength and depth in the areas that you, you that Gerard feels he needs. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they go to Portugal on on Saturday for the uh, kind of training camp, pre-season training camp. It'll be interesting to see who's on that flight, basically, because I think there'll be a few. <coughs> I think there'll be a few left behind. Who's left uh, behind last uh, year again? Um, Halliday, am I right in saying? No, no, Halliday oh, was Halliday. there. Um, it was like Herrera. Cardoso, yeah, uh, before they get emptied. Doubt you, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there'll be, a, I think there'll be a few. Uh, I think Jason Holt will probably be one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Kyle Lafferty will be another. Not about time they started moving some of these guys on. Then I mean, that's two weeks into the window. Now. It comes down to you know, they're in big deals and you know easy. they've got contracts and it's basically going to come down to somebody to say, listen, we're going to take them off your hands and either give you the money that you're looking for for them or we're going to. You know, take care of a significant portion yeah. of the wages. I mean, it's also, you know. it's also important Rangers, you know, start getting a bit of money back mm-hmm. for guys. I mean, the last few years, we all know about the kind of you know, financial troubles they've had, but you know, they have got into a habit of you no know, signing players. You no, know, they've not been that good, but then you don't get anything back for them. You no, know, you either their contracts up. either run out or you need to you need to pay them up. You no, know, you combine that with the same time. You no, know, they lose. No people like David Bates and Barry McKay for nothing. No, who had, who had real value to them. No, we now know they'd, they'd value to them. It's no, it's no great business. So even guys like Lafferty, Gresda, and that who, no, clearly, I don't think will feature in the the first team next season. Of course, they want to get them off the the wage bill, but I think it's important that they actually no they find clubs for them and, and try and try and recoup some of the money they've spent. Yeah, well. Just finally, then on that note, Morelos would be the big, the big money departure if it was to happen. So um, Pedro Cristina, Cristina even came back on the, the radar <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Apparently, Cruz Azul, big spending Cruz Azul, uh, weighing up a move for Morelos. Stunned if that happened. Ah, yeah. Absolutely stunned. Surely be a backwards move. It's interesting. Player. I've spoke to a few Rangers fans. I don't know if Andy will be the same. I mean, of all the players. No, who who you would maybe be willing to lose? I, I've heard a few punters recently saying no, they would rather like keep your your taverniers and people. Like that. And if there was MD, they would maybe take the money for Morelos to try and fund, no, this this transfer window in, in maybe January as well. Just because, obviously, Defoe's still there. <clears throat> they would need to clearly get another another striker in, depending on how the how much they got for for Morelos. Yeah. But if they could find another Morelos for a million, yeah, in. just with, with the hope with the disciplinary thing as well. I know a lot's been been made of. I just wonder whether some punters now looking at it, there's you know, there's such a desperation to go and win this title to get better players and real quality in. 
you need a bit of money. I just wonder if, the, if there were to be a, a daft bid for Morelos, like 10, 10, 12 million, maybe more, whether some fans would be, be willing to take it. Uh-huh. However, I think I think the flip side of that is it might seem like a good idea at the time, but when you line up for the start of the season and you realise no, you realise he's not there, I think it would it would soon dawn on him what a big well, what a big player he's been for. Depend what time that, but what what date that bid came in? What if it was last yeah. summer, like uh, Celtic and um, we said Dembele last season? Then yep. surely not. But twelve, <laughs> 12 million quid for a player he bought for one million—that's yeah. a lot of money. Man. Yeah. And I think the same thing would be that it probably had he behaved himself, it probably should be a lot more. Um, yeah. But he obviously had these well documented. Uh, disciplinary problems last year. Um, I think the conundrum for Rangers looking at Morelos is that at times he can win you a game on his own, but there's also at times when Rangers focus on well, that as well, but they focus on him so much that if he doesn't play, then the, the whole team doesn't play. So you obviously saw that the, the wee clumps of the sort of last four or five games of the season when he was out suspended when the team played a lot better, there was a more you know, floody to it. So um, became a machine yeah. leading that. Yeah. Rangers of old almost yeah I mean so I think there's a tendency just because of the way he he, he is so good at sort of playing up on his own and occupying defenders that you can always just throw a sort of pretty average ball up to him and he'll he'll win it and he'll he'll kill it and he'll take you up the park whereas when you play with somebody like Defoe you have to be more considered in how you play but that obviously then puts an onus puts the responsibility on other guys in the team I think last season in times there was uh, you know, just a tendency just to go, um, Alfredo will, will, will dig us out of home and it cost him a wee bit because he didn't have, because if you can, you know, teams would just, you know, niggle at him and f- take him away if you're doing the things that he does well because he's so easy to wind up yeah. and then it, it sort of costs Rangers and spells. Okay, long way to go in this transfer window yet, lads, so we'll come on to that again next week. But for now, that's all from us. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks to Scott and Sandy for coming on this week's show. If you want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well. We'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers, so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening.